Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, <clears throat> back with a, another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are and whatever part of the day you're in. I sure do appreciate you joining me here, giving me a little bit of your time. I know y'all have other things. Work, vacuuming, cleaning, taking care of kids studying, homework, etc. So I appreciate y'all giving me some of your time. I will try to use it wisely. Hopefully it helps y'all a little bit, helps our country at least a little bit. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast to help it to grow, which it's done kind of crazily the last two months. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. For those of y'all that have joined over on Patreon and are financially supporting the podcast, getting those two additional podcasts each week, thank you for that. We'll get going. I think the only note I have is the little puppy has decided that chasing the chicken's and guineas and turkeys is fun. I don't think she's really tried to chase the turkeys yet. I think they would turn around and chase her back. But we'll have to fix that and explain to her that that's not the brightest idea. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the people that listen to the podcast and share it. Thank you for the time to record it. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the opportunity that you give us to turn back to you individually and as a nation. Help us to make the most of it. <clears throat> Thank you for all of your many blessings which you bestow upon us each. Forgive us our sins, our pride and our arrogance for turning our back on you and going our own way. God, our nation, God, each of us here today and our families, bless them and keep them, be with our leaders, give them wisdom and courage and a strong faith. Help them to make wise decisions. And again, help us to turn back to you. In your son's name we pray. Amen. So we're going to go back to marriage. We talked about it last week. Ran through a couple of verses. And so we're going to run through some more today. Just a little... I don't know if synopsis is the right word, but we, President Reagan talked about the fact that the family was the cornerstone of America and American society, I think is how he phrased it, right? And President Andrew Jackson talked about the fact that the Bible was the rock upon which this republic was founded. And we talk frequently on this podcast showing how we were formed as a Christian nation. 
despite the revisionist history attempts of the left over the last almost century now. They've really been attacking the country. And so since we are or were born a Christian nation, since the Bible is fundamental to our republic, since the principles there are the bedrock of our Declaration and Constitution, Bill of Rights, our laws, we have a reason to look toward God and his commands. And we've talked about that. Our, a number of our great leaders have commented on that. And we have many problems today, all of which go back to rejection of God. One of the foremost, probably on a very, very short list, maybe just abortion being parallel to it, although the abortion probably actually goes under this umbrella, is marriage. Because if family is the bedrock of our society, marriage is the cornerstone of family. And so you see all the statistics. We've talked about them. It's been a while, but the fact that half of the divorce, first marriages end in divorce, the out-of-wedlock birth rate, abortion falls into that, the LGBTQ movement, feminism, all of these have contributed and then are results of, so it's, it's a really vicious cycle, the breakdown of the family and the breaking apart of marriages and therefore the breakdown of the family. And so we're going to go back and look at some of the verses. We looked at a couple last week in the Bible that talk specifically about marriage, right? Because if you have a vehicle and you're not an expert on vehicles, where do you go? You go to a mechanic. If you've got problems plumbing in the house, you go to a plumber. If you need woodwork done, you go to a carpenter, right? You always go to the expert. If you're sick, you go to a doctor. And so if we want healthy marriages, well, let me back up. If we want a healthy nation, we need a healthy family. And if we want a healthy family, we need healthy marriages. And so you've got to go where marriage was created, which because, and this is part of the whole fallacy with the LGBTQ, one of the many movement, and that is marriage. See, marriage is not man ordained. Men didn't create marriage. God did. And so the country, the courts can say whatever they want about marriage, but it doesn't really matter because it's not marriage. The only way to be married is between a man and a woman. And so let's look at some of these. We read through Ephesians. I'm going to read through this again, just as a reminder. This is from chapter 5, verses starting with verse 22. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church. He himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives ought to be subject to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, 
that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands also ought to love their own wives as their own body. He who loves his own wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church. Because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. So we get a clear command there. We're supposed to cleave to each other to become one flesh. And I mentioned this in the last podcast. I'm going to try and not make a whole lot of comments. Just A, because that's always dangerous territory. The Bible tells us that teachers will be graded on a much steeper scale than everybody else. Uh, And then two, I think it's really pretty self-explanatory in a lot of cases. So we're supposed to cleave together, though, right? And I've always taken that to mean when you read through it, not just physically, but that's definitely part of it, spiritually and intimately, uh, emotionally. And then, you know, and we leave our parents, we cling to our wife, wives, you cling to your husbands. And then we have responsibility as husbands to nourish and cherish our wives, right? To love them. And wives, you have a responsibility to submit and respect your husband. See what we can go here. We'll go to Hebrews. This is chapter 13, verse 4. Marriage is to be held in honor among all, and the marriage bed is to be undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. It's pretty clear there, right? We have a responsibility once we get married to honor that vow, which is why it's such a big deal. And we we do a horrible job today, uh, it seems like, based on the results of really talking to our young men and women about, hey, once you make this decision to get married, that's it. It's over. This is your marriage. So you really got to put a lot of work in into deciding who you're going to marry. It is the second most important decision after your relationship with God that you will make your entire lives. And so it's it's just... It's a huge deal, huge deal. Uh, Benjamin Franklin, this quote, he said something along the lines of keep your eyes completely open before marriage and only and half closed after marriage. I don't really like the second half of that because I think that feeds into uh, laziness. But what he was getting at, obviously, was be very forgiving of your spouse. But the first part is something we don't focus on near enough today with our children, and that is you better make sure you know everything you can know about this person that you're about to sign up to for life. We we do more research going into a new school or a new athletic program, right, or buying a new house or entering a partnership with business. We do far more research into those things than we seem to do today in a marriage. And that marriage, all of those other relationships go away. Your kids graduate school, you don't become involved in that school that much anymore. 
right? Your kids go away. This is a great example I heard a long time ago. You're basically like the UPS guy <laughs> when you start ferrying your kids all over the country for whatever extracurricular activity, right? But at some point, the kids are going to go away and they're not going to need UPS or FedEx anymore. And if you've put all your time and effort into being that for them and nothing into your marriage, then when they're gone, you're going to look up and you're going to be married still tied to this person if they're still there. Then you have no idea who they are. And they don't trust you anymore because now you want to be like, okay, now I'm ready to be your husband or your wife, right? And they're like, no, I'm good. I figured it out on my own while you were off giving all your time and energy to our children or to work or to your phone and social media so that you could quote unquote make it or to Amazon and Hulu and Prime watching, binge watching Outer Banks or whatever else it is that you watch, right? or spending hours watching sports on TV, the Super Bowl recently, right? And anything else, softball, baseball, tennis, golf, or working out so I could keep this great body and all those hours I spent doing that. And, and you're going to look up and your spouse is going to be like, no, no, I'm good. I had to figure out how to make it on my own, and I did. And I don't need you anymore. So you're going to have to figure out now how to make it on your own. And that's harsh, folks. But that's what we do with our actions when we give all of our time and effort to something else and not to our spouse, right? And so this all ties back into you've got to keep, you've got, you know, once you sign up, that's the one person that you get to have sex with, sleep with, right? Forever. And so you better make sure that you like that person because there's going to be times or maybe I should say truly love them, there's going to be times when you're not real thrilled with that person and you're going to have to stick it out. So you better make sure there's a great foundation there. Let's see. We'll go to Titus chapter two. Oh yeah, this is a good one. But as for you, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, in love and perseverance. That's a big one. Older women likewise are not to be reverent, are, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine. Teaching what is good so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, so that the word of God will not be dishonored. Likewise, urge the young men to be sensible and all things show yourself to be an example of good deeds with purity and doctrine, dignified, sound in speech, which is beyond reproach, so that the opponent will be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. So pretty good chunk there for older men, older women, right? As we grow, uh, the perseverance one always leaps out at me because there's a lot of times in life where you don't feel like persevering, where you feel like quitting. And God's telling us, hey, you, you got a responsibility to keep going, right? That's how you got to be an older, wiser man, theoretically. Uh, older women, the gossip part always hits me. And I think this is true for men and women, but I think women are more inclined to it. You see that. You all may have different opinion, and that's fine. But you see that a lot today on social media, whether it's uh, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram 
or even Snapchat, TikTok. It doesn't really matter what the format is. You, you see this little, it's, it's just like gossip in a, in a school or in a, in a community setting, right? It's just on a much larger scale. Uh, and then the young women, uh, and this, this goes flat straight in the face of the feminist movement, right? What does it say? In what order? Love their husbands. That's, that's the first priority. Love their children. To be sensible, pure, and workers at home. Had a little change of background music. Had to finish in one place or start in one place and finish in another. So I apologize. But so the whole point, right, is you can see how different this is than what the world offers today for our marriages and for our families. There's a different version of this that I stumbled across this afternoon. Teach what is proper so the younger women will be loving wives and mothers. And each of the younger women must be sensible and kind as well as a good homemaker who puts her own husband first. Then no one can say insulting things about God's message. Tell the young men to have self-control in everything. Always set a good example for others. Be sincere and serious when you teach. Use clean language that no one can criticize. Do this and your enemies will be too ashamed to say anything against you. The whole point, and we'll wrap up here, is the reason that we're struggling today, folks, in every single issue, particularly in our marriages and our families, is because we have rejected God and ignored His commands. And before we can hope to turn the ship around and get our country back on the right track, we've got to get back to following those commands. And in particular, to following those commands for marriage, which is the cornerstone of our family. And so when you, when you look around today, you go back to this Patrick Henry quote about practicing virtue in our own lives, in our own sphere, and encouraging it others. As much as we can, we need to live out these principles in our own lives and encourage others when we can to live them out as well. Y'all have a wonderful rest of whatever is left of your day. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.